Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 704 with our review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. And this week, we are back. Uh, another Marvel film is back. We're talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, you know, not, not, not the only multiverse film we've done in the last few weeks, um, but uh, another one that at least I was very excited for uh, going in. And uh, to start us off, Stephen, I want to ask you, I want to ask you a multiverse question. Um, if you were somebody who uh, wanted something that you had access to in a multiverse and you had the option to um, transport your consciousness to that multiverse and just experience what it's like to be there and get the benefit of having everything you want um, or you had to do the work to try to break the fucking <laughs> reality and find your I way there. I see where you're going with this. What, what would you do? <laughs> Well, it really depends on what the rules are for my temporary ability to inhabit the consciousness of someone in that universe. And is yeah. that a, a stable thing that I can reliably do? Or is that, you know, taking a lot out of me, taking a lot of concentration? Is there a butt plug I can jump on nearby <laughs> at will that will <laughs> make it can easier I to have slit, that happen? Slit the skin between my fingers with a piece of paper? Because um, I could do that all day. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. No, I I, I, I understand uh, your question, and I think your question is maybe more a dig at the movie than it is a real opening question. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it would be easier. It would be easier to uh, to just have it all in my dreams and not have to worry about it. Otherwise, I guess I would have to sleep during the daytime. I don't know how time works in the other universes. <laughs> like, does it run in parallel? Has the sun like, changed its course? You go into a a alternate uh, universe where time is backwards, and not time is backwards, yeah. but like the day cycle is backwards. And yeah. you're like, oh, well, what do I do? I don't know about you, but I've had dreams in the middle of the night involving daytime, and I don't know uh, astronomically in this new Marvel multiverse how that works. Yeah, I I I don't know either, but uh, that's not something that this film tries to answer. <laughs> And if it does, uh, maybe I was, you know, shoving, shoving some uh, chicken strips into my mouth and and didn't pay attention to that part of the film. Um, But yeah, I'm excited either way to talk about this film, Stephen. I I will say up front, and you already know this, but I did not watch WandaVision or Loki or any Marvel related show or... I think that's all that matters. I think the Marvel movies I've missed, which are Black Widow and The Eternals, are not relevant to this movie, but I did not do my homework. I did watch Spider-Man No Way Home a few weeks ago, so I at least know about what Doctor Strange did to cause the multiverse to potentially be more present than it had been. Yeah, I I mean, you know, we're going to get into it shortly, but I would argue... um... You don't really need to have seen anything before seeing this film, um, because this story is 100% self-contained, and the only thing you really need to know is that Wanda likes her kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those trailers really make you want like, to think that this is heavily related to Spider-Man, though. Yeah, like, this I, there, is there's direct, actually... Like, if A, then B, you know, connectivity. Yeah, well, well, well one, of the, one of the trailers, the, the first trailer for this film, 
was actually a post-credit sequence for Spider-Man. Um, so it was 100% cut that way. And I will not be playing that trailer <laughs> in this episode because uh, that trailer is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, I get ahead of myself. <laughs> yep. Steven, strange. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready to do this? Oh, I'm ready. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and then we're going to come back and give everybody a review. Every night, I dream the same dream. begins I did what I had to do to protect our world you cannot control everything strange you opened the doorway between universes and we don't know who or what will walk through it Wanda what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. I'm sorry, Stephen. Your desecration of reality will not go unpunished. We should tell him the truth. Things just got out of hand. You break the rules. Look out! I become a hero. I do it. I become the enemy. I was going to just read the description from IMDb, but once again, <laughs> that has nothing to do with this film at all. Yep. Um, so I'm just going to say that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is the story of uh, our friend Doctor Strange, um, who encounters a young woman who has the ability to jump between uh, dimensions of the multiverse. And uh, he quickly discovers that somebody wants this power for themselves, and he asks to go on an adventure, meeting potential alternate versions of himself and try to figure out a way to protect this one, this young girl, from the fo forces that are trying to uh, gain her power. So, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Uh, well, Chris, I recently went downstairs to Alamo to watch a movie where a strained mother-child relationship drives someone into becoming a multiverse-manipulating supervillain who destroys their enemies in cartoonishly explosive ways, featuring some cool collages where they fly through many worlds, including dimensions where they are animated, and also featuring a moment where someone is squirt with mustard as an attack. But enough <laughs> about everything everywhere all at once. Um, 
I like the, the mustard really brought that one together at the end. Right. Yeah. It's just a little condiment at the end of the joke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I say that in jest because I feel really bad for everyone involved here that everything ever all at once came out when it did. Um, and also that everything ever all at once costs a tiny fraction of what this movie cost when it is better in every single respect at everything <laughs> this movie wants to do. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when you have to pay all of the actors like 10 times, it really makes it difficult true. to budget your, <laughs> your film. Out. Yeah, yeah, of course. And when you can't really film many things practically because it's Marvel and you have some kind of contract that everything has to look brown and boring. <laughs> I don't know. It. I am honestly very conflicted about this movie. And here's my conflict. I always say I hate that Marvel movies are samey, you know, when they're very samey and boring. And I think about like uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier is the perfect example to me where it just feels like an episode of a TV show. And I dislike that. And when I com compare to DC where they're willing to have like splashes of color or self-contained storylines or wild genre shifts that they don't DC is not as encumbered in having one grand story that fits a similar tone. And I often bemoan that as being like, I wish the MCU would branch out, do more experimental things. It would be really fun. This movie is half it giving me what I think that I want. And I realized that in the context of a Marvel movie, I don't like it when the directors play with genre either. Like it's like a lose, lose situation because this movie is a partially a Sam Raimi Evil Dead 2 type movie. This is a silly, cheesy, horror, cartoony, violence, mayhem movie that breaks a lot of the rules and purposely feels kind of weightless and doesn't want you to be too attached to like the emotional core of the character. It wants you to be along for the like spooky thrill ride um, <laughs> in very like kind of like three stoogy physical comedy way like it, it's like a silly movie and while i was watching it all i could think is like this is canon now how can this be canon now <laughs> this is like this is taking the property and making it silly and i i feel like it is a lose-lose prospect for sam raimi and i don't know what i want anymore because i think marvel has made it so they are this behemoth where all you can do is keep telling the marvel story and if you tell it straightforwardly, I'm going to think you're boring. And if you mess with it, I'm going to think you ruined canon or are atonal or you are not fitting with the universe that you've resigned yourself to. And the way this tries to break that is with the multiverse, right? Which is this grand cheat code that Marvel has that can let anything not mean anything if they want, because there are infinite multiverses and they can, you know, they can traipse through different universes and the stakes don't really matter. Um, but then the stakes don't matter, and that pisses me off, too. So I'm yeah. I'm rambling because I don't understand how I feel. There were times watching this movie where I laughed and thought, holy fuck, Sam Raimi really pulled one over on Marvel, and I love that he did that. Like, we'll probably get into it in a spoiler section. There is a very fan servicey moment that quickly becomes him kind of saying fuck you to all the fans <laughs> in does, a way that involve, I... Does it involve spaghettification? <laughs> Yeah, and I was uh, delighted <laughs> when I realized what was about to happen. Yeah. Um, but, like, even a moment like that, at once I am, like, 
Gosh, I love that you are, you know, putting your finger in the eye of like Marvel and kind of doing something funny and different. But at the same time, this doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. It doesn't feel like it could be canon. And all characters feel completely betrayed by what the movie needs them to do in order to make it the kind of horror thriller romp that it wants to be. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I I was pretty disappointed but also just like unsure how i felt leaving the movie because it feels like weightless and silly and stupid in a way that is fun when i don't want it to be a marvel movie and then kind of infuriating when it is a marvel movie so i don't know how did you feel about it yeah i i was not vibing with this film for most of it at one point mm -hmm. i sort of recalibrated myself mid-watch when i was like okay just stop thinking about it just just pay attention. And it was right around the time. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's about the time when Doctor Strange tries to use a new ability that he stole from uh, the foe that they're trying to stop. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, I've recalibrated. I'm having fun now. Everything's OK. But then I couldn't not still continue to think about what was going on in the world of this right. film. And I think for me. You know, I, I, I never read the comics. I've been, uh, you know, a fan of the MCU films, even when a, an individual film doesn't blow me away. I'm always like, I mean, this is still like, you have to watch this. You have to like really sink in and enjoy it because it is doing something that's just insane. Like being part of like 20 films in this like crazy lineage and going forward mm -hmm. and just keeping all these characters going. It felt like a big event to be a part of and i think that what's so weird is this film like it's so aggravating to me what the trailer and the description on imdb and all these things are trying to sell this as a continuation of strange like the description literally says that it starts on imdb dr strange casts a forbidden spell that opens the doorway to the multiverse no he didn't do that right <laughs> in a previous film he did do that and we dealt with it, and then it was done. This film has nothing to do with the events of Spider-Man. has nothing to do with the events of anything previous. It's a new character that is introduced that causes everything to be in motion because of the power that she has. And it's a very straightforward story, but it, it, it's almost as if, as if like the, the pure existence of this film is to say that Doctor Strange didn't really do anything previously that really endangered anything right it was kind of like you threw a party at your parents house while they were out of town and you completely fixed it up before they got back so it doesn't matter right <laughs> but, I, I mean it's kind of odd because they could have easily sprinkled in something that was like oh and this is only possible because of what he did before and it would have been pretty easy to do and it wouldn't have taken any time or focus away oh yeah uh, it, but they didn't they just it, made it a completely self-contained separate thing yeah and but but the, here, here's the thing though is like the film, the text of the film says, hey, Doctor Strange really didn't do anything. This is completely unrelated. At the same time as that, it wants to say that the Doctor Strange in every other world, like version of the multiverse definitely fucks shit up. <laughs> so it, like, mm -hmm. it literally wants to have its cakes and eat them too. <laughs> and, and I, that just doesn't work for me at all. And I, I like the whole time I'm watching this film, I'm kind of like, everything... Like, I enjoyed some of the humor. Like, there were moments where I was laughing and giggling, too. Um, I was having fun with the character elements of this film. 
but none of the stories seemed to make sense to me. I didn't understand the uh, the the villains' uh, motivations. Right. <laughs> like I didn't understand why they had to do certain things. There are we are given lore about objects that exist in this universe that literally do whatever you want. The de- mm. the description of the object is it gives a hero anything they need to defeat a bad guy. And yes, right. they, they play yeah, with the idea like of the that. It's like the MacGuffin, you know. Yeah, the, but it's the like... The MacGuffin for this movie. It, it, it's like a huge MacGuffin. And, and it's just like every... The, the concepts and the ideas are dumb as hell. And I, I couldn't help but wonder why this... I don't know. The self-contained nature of it just frustrated me because of the way the entire film is trying to pretend like this hinges on who Doctor Strange is, even though clearly it doesn't. Um, Mm -hmm. All that being said, towards the end of the film, there are some things that are visually interesting. Um, Like I, I, like the, the multiverse version of Limbo (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) looks cool, right? I enjoy that. It looks like a planet on Interstellar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like the idea of realities merging because somebody's fucking with, with the realities is is a cool idea. I like that. I even like the idea of certain objects making people go mad. Like all that stuff is cool. It's fine. I just think that like the way the story progresses and like the way we flip back and forth between like, oh my God, nothing can stop this thing. Okay, that thing stopped. Uh, oh, but turns out there's a second one of these things. Oh, uh, how are we going to stop it? Like, like the, the way they just go back and forth. It felt like, I don't know. It, everything felt goofy and not in a good way. Like it wasn't like a tongue in cheek, fun kind of thing even though at times it was it just felt like really stupid ideas for a story that no one really cared about mm-hmm. <laughs> happening in sequence and i just didn't i didn't i didn't get it i didn't get it steven yeah no i i understand that and i think i like i'm just trying to imagine how this movie happened and i know that sam raimi was not originally the director slated for this project which means what i imagine is there was already a script that was very, this is a Doctor Strange movie. And then he comes in as director and he's like, how do I make this be the zany horror thing I want to make? And what you have is this kind of like stapled together mishmash of portending the seriousness of we are furthering the Marvel storyline, but then having a silly, zany, comic booky vibe that signals you should definitely not believe that this is canon because it will not change anything um and that is that is just an odd combination like there are things one example of the touches that i like that he brings to it there is a fundamental problem in marvel movies now with you know these powerful people like dr strange and captain marvel and um the scarlet witch which is like they are so powerful, it is not interesting to see them fight because the rules are too unclear what they can do and what they can't do. And all you're looking at in the end is like Harry Potter and Voldemort pointing wands at each other and hoping the light will go one way versus another, right? Like <laughs> at a certain point when it isn't tactile, it is very hard to be that invested in the action because um, you have no idea what the rules are anymore. Um, and Sam Raimi kind of tries to solve it by in different battles, just having a different motif most noticeably a battle toward the end that becomes literal music notes fighting each other where you play a sound and that is like hurling 
energetic notes at the other person to try to destroy them. Uh, it doesn't make any sense at all in the context of a, quote, real world that they're fighting. Uh, was one of my favorite scenes visually in the movie. I, so it, it's like he was like, none of this makes any fucking sense, but I need to make it distinct somehow. What am I going to do here? Here we go. It's a harp fight. <laughs> the, so the worst part about that scene is Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> is thrown into a piano and when he hits the piano, the notes fly up and be like, it's, it's as if the piano cast them and he yeah. saw them floating there and decided to start. Th- it, there, it doesn't, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like the, there's no, there's no reality in which he was like, you know what? It could probably take this guy out. What if I threw notes at him? This will definitely work. Like it, it wasn't a thing. Like it, it's not organic, right? It'd be one. Th- I don't know if, if there was, if this was uh a a harry potter type thing where there was a musical piano that made literal magic music notes that floated up that you could hear because the note would literally fly into your ear or something like that also be dumb but at least it would make sense in the context that he's seeing the notes and throwing them the idea that he would be like i'm gonna throw a bunch of magical energy at this guy but before i do that i'm gonna turn them that i'm gonna waste okay so if 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 you if you read different books about like magic and conjuring, right? Like one of the reasons why usually an object is something you channel uh, magic abilities through, whether it be a wand or some sort of like amulet or something is because the amulet or the wand or the cross or the, whatever it is has some sort of significance to the wielder. And they use that as a form of concentration to send energy out and do something in the physical world. Right. I'm, you know, whatever I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, mixing so many different things right now, but like, that's the basic premise, right? The object is what lets you channel it because you concentrate. Concentration is yeah. the key to spend cycles <laughs> of your mind, your focus to conjure music that is, I guess, diegetic. <laughs> so yeah, you can like, so you can fight that. It just, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And it, to me, it doesn't even look cool because I was too busy going like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> See, I thought it was cool. I felt like I was watching like Scott Pilgrim or something. It was just like, who cares why this is how they fight? This is just how they fight now. But, but he, in this universe, this is what fighting looks like. But, but in Scott Pilgrim, it would be like he got punched and it said pow. And then he saw the pow and grabbed it and threw it. Right. Like it, it, it's it, it makes sense in the context of Scott Pilgrim because Scott Pilgrim is a meta example of that sort of storytelling. Right. Like it, it's. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. The... Right. I, I just think that that is what is strange about this movie is um, it is trying to be like do the meta stuff like it, it is trying to just play with the rules and do whatever. And every not only can every universe be different, but every moment can have different rules like the, um, the I it, we'll talk about it in spoilers. But there is a place that Wanda goes to that much of the film she is there and it becomes you know relevant later in the movie um it doesn't feel like it is a part of the universe that marvel has established at all like visually it looks nothing like the rest of the universe the behavior feels nothing like it 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 seems like an alien planet like but it doesn't matter because this movie is just like well in this scene, this is what the world looks like now. And that yep. is just how the whole movie feels. It's just like disconnected 
worlds that are meant to be like temporary containers for character development. And it is very disjointed and odd and silly. And again, I like, I kind of loved just how much he was like fucking with the Marvel, um, the Marvel look and feel, yeah. but it feels very, very, very strange as a movie you're meant to take as a canonical entry number 30 or whatever this is in, yeah. in the MCU. I mean, so, so to be fair in WandaVision, um, they do introduce the witchcraft stuff, mm-hmm. both aesthetically and uh, conceptually, right? So, yeah. so that it, it it does look like something. <laughs> it just doesn't look like any of the other MCU stuff. So it's more of the equivalent of like how when Guardians of the Galaxy came along, it was like suddenly spaceships, right? Um, right. It, it's sort of in that same in, in, that, in that same vein. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I that's not even it. a defense I, of this film. That's just that's sure. just me saying like you would have seen something like that before if if you had watched that series. I I will one point in this movie's favor, which we'll also talk about in spoilers. Um there are things Stephen Strange learns about himself in this movie that are surprisingly dark and have like kind of huge, enormous repercussions. And I found it interesting that this movie was willing to go there. Like it has like the extreme highs and extreme lows of a cartoon. Like it just is, um, it is totally its own thing, but also homogenous and a part of the Marvel machine. (laughs) And I don't know how to square that circle. Um, Like, I don't think I would be happier watching Captain America eight or whatever, (laughs) like either, but I wouldn't feel betrayed by it. I would feel like, okay, this is the like kind of boring shit that I've come to expect. And I don't know why this being more cartoony and weird didn't give me more joy necessarily. <laughs> it, it just left me feeling like, why don't I like this more? What could possibly make me happy now? And I think nothing. I think Marvel fatigue is just too much. I just can't <laughs> be happy now. Um, there... Uh... <laughs> There was one thing that, like, a line of dialogue that I was waiting to come that would fit in that vein of being, like, a little bit weird and, like, self... Like, there are aspects of this film that are sort of self-referential and they understand that there's something silly about it. Like, there, there is a literal... There is a scene in this film... I'm, I'll get back to my real point in a second, but there's a scene in the film... So there's a character whose first name is America. And there, there is a moment in this film where Doctor Strange looks directly into the camera... And says, okay, America. <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I refuse to believe that was not breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yep. Um, but but going back to the point I was gonna make is there is a there's a line in the trailer where there's a there's a bizarro world looking version of Doctor Strange, and in the trailer mm-hmm. he says, Things got out of hand, right? Mm-hmm. Now in the actual film, he does not say that line. But a couple scenes earlier, when somebody's just describing the the verse that that Doctor Strange comes from, says uh, this this universe is Doctor Strange did X and uh, things got out of hand. Um, mm-hmm. So I was totally expecting this moment where he was going to finish his own sentence, where <laughs> yeah. he's like, "I know what happened," and he's like, "Things got out of hand," and I was waiting mm-hmm. for that scene to happen, and instead I got fucking piano fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say they cut it. I'm 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 gonna blame the Feige machine or whatever. They took away half the funny things in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, like it's weird because I liked Shang-Chi. So I take back, like, I know you can do both. Like you can make a movie have its own kind of visual style 
and still be a part of the MCU. It's yeah. just like you can't color too far outside the lines. Like there's <laughs> a very, very, very interesting balancing act that they have to do to keep me on board. I, I think I think the key is you need Aquafina there commenting on how weird all the shit right. is that you're watching, and then you're like, oh yeah, audience surrogate, I get it. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely true. <laughs> I will say this, too, about the film. This film is like 99% set pieces, right? <laughs> it's just like these big action moments where a bunch of crap is happening. And I think yeah. that I... While, while the thing you talked about earlier, where like Sam Raimi is just fucking with people by like taking like fan casting, including it, and then just being like, yeah, it doesn't matter, though. I, I, I appreciate that. But what I don't like is... All the introduction of stuff like, oh, aren't you glad this is here? And then it's immediately dispatched with in a way that doesn't yeah. feel like it had a moment to breathe. Um, it, it just feels it feels like, for instance, if you were watching the, the most recent Spider-Man film and like, I don't know, you saw another Spider-Man who was just immediately hit by a car and then was gone from the rest of the movie. Like you'd be like, that was why did why? What was the decision to even include this person if they're just going to be gone in a second? And I feel that like. It's it's trying to play with things that it feels like it doesn't have the right to, which is ironic coming off of the Spider-Man film, where it was Marvel getting one last time to play with things that it no longer has the right to, and it right handling it like justly, right? Like it it, it trying to deservedly say goodbye to things and play with it and and really understand the what it means for everything going forward that they are losing control of this ip and then this film just feels like what if uh what if i didn't give any fucks <laughs> and i just made something completely unrelated and uh just use the names and likenesses <laughs> yeah and, and it is ironic that uh it is basically Sam Raimi not doing for Marvel what Marvel did for his property. <laughs> um. <laughs> so it, it feels, this is what it feels like. It feels like somebody like making a first strike against somebody, against someone they thought was going to wrong them. <laughs> like, yeah. like he was like, oh, I know they're going to fuck up Spider-Man. I'm going to preemptively fuck up Dr. Strange. <laughs> And then <laughs> Spider-Man comes out and he goes, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I misread this See, situation. Now, so I did finally catch up with Spider-Man a, a few weeks ago. And I will say, like, even though I agree with you, in the Marvel universe, like in their way of thinking, they did justice to the Spider-Man movies in that they did callbacks and they brought out the character and they let them do something that was in line with what they would have done in the original movie and that is like as good as Marvel can do in terms of homaging yeah. someone. Um, I will still say I thought Spider-Man No Way Home also felt bland and disjointed and like not a real movie. <laughs> like I, the moment the multiverse came into effect and you had multiple different people from multiple different IPs, everything just felt like CG and not a part of the, any real universe anymore. And it didn't feel canon, even though, like, I know it has to be and they're going to continue it and reference it in the future. But it it honestly felt kind of similar to Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness for me, where I'm like, OK, there all these different side quests happened. Um, 
but I don't believe it is a part of the world that we have been watching. And I don't believe the rules are going to apply to any future world because you have already told me the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Um, so I had trouble latching onto that movie. And this movie didn't even want me to latch on. Like this movie signaled way early, like, oh, you should not give a fuck about anything that happens here. Yeah. Um, it became clear pretty quickly that it couldn't matter. Yeah. This movie was like, if you're driving with what's happening, it means that any second now a star is going to open behind you, suck you into another place yeah. where you're not going to care anymore. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of movie where, um, and I will not say whether this does or doesn't actually happen in the end, but the moment the action starts in my head, I thought, oh, okay, you are going to find some way at the end of this movie to just snap your fingers and undo all of it. You know, you are, you are going to find some deus ex machina that makes it so nothing ever happened because it is just so clear. It is violating the rules of Marvel so quickly. <laughs> like, it it feels more like a Deadpool movie than an MCU proper movie, you know? Um, yeah. Which, I mean, it, I, again, I still don't know how I feel about that, but it just is weird for it to be a big MCU tentpole. But it feels like they they were like, hey, remember when J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Trek and just was like, yeah, but like time travel and now there's multiple versions of the timeline and we can literally do anything with Star Trek now, right? It feels like they were like, what if we allowed that to happen with the multiverse and then now we can try to do the DC thing where we can just do whatever the fuck we want whenever. But the problem is you can't start with a film that's already doing that. You have to end a film with suddenly that is a reality where things could be different, right? Um, mm -hmm. But not, now it feels like we're going to get in a world where like every Marvel film is going to end with a bunch of stuff reversing and then the camera coming out of Doctor Strange's eye with his hands and the like, I just thought of this eventuality. And it's like, no movie is real. It's always just something that Doctor Strange looked at as could have ha having been happened. Yeah. Like I, I was talking to a coworker about this today. It feels like, you know, everything in the first 23, 22, however many movies, even when they sucked, they were building up to this epic conclusion and a part of me still cared about it you know a part of me was like i want to know what happens to the universe i want to know the big bad and like will iron man be able to pull it off and how is this going to tie in together you know i had that kind of feeling that i had to keep watching um now it feels like the rules are the stakes are so high that nothing could possibly matter anymore like we've seen the many many universes come like toppling down we've seen eventualities that betray characters that we thought we knew we've seen people die who we didn't think were going to die we've seen we've seen everything and we know at any moment they have a cheat code that can reverse it and it makes it really hard for me to imagine a multi-film arc that will get me so excited that i feel like i have to keep watching to see how it concludes like i just don't I don't see how they can pull off that trick again because I yeah. feel like they're establishing that nothing matters and continuity continuity is I have to have seen all the movies to get your Easter eggs, but not I am following one storyline. And in order to be invested in it, I need to like watch every piece of it. It feels solely like fan service now. Yeah. And, and I think the fan service of it too, specifically, specifically with the regards to, them alluding to certain people and characters in other multiverses is kind mm -hmm. of fucked up in a way because you're going to watch this movie and go like, yes, these are going to exist. But the truth is, no, they're not like you. Think oh, but I bet they will. We can talk about it. But like, I assume this is 
I assume this is them showing their hand about future movies too, and not only not only that joke. It would be great. I, it, I would love nothing more than for it to only be a joke and for these characters to never show up. <laughs> that would that would be that would make me laugh. <laughs> I just I, I'm just hard pressed to believe it means anything, right? Because it's it's mm-hmm. literally that's the thing is you haven't committed to it, right? It'd be one thing if it started in our Earth, whatever the number is, version of the world, and they arrived to help go into the other place and do stuff. But when you only see them in a reality that you're never going to return to, it means they don't exist because it's just a figment of your imagination, essentially. Well, but I mean, we can talk about it in the spoilers. The rules of the multiverse so far, this multiverse, my understanding is Loki has different rules. Um, but in this one, the same actor plays the same person in every eventuality. You know, Doctor Strange is always Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, he is like always, always, always uh, going to be fighting uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Sorry, spoilers, but I think, you know, I think we know that he's in the movie. Um <laughs> already he's always gonna be in love with rachel mcadams you know it doesn't matter what the multiverse is like it will always be them so unless you think the ips that are referenced in that particular scene are not going to be touched by marvel and we know they are like some of them definitely are we already know production schedules and everything for them um i'm pretty sure when they show you a face that is not only fan casting, though it is a trial balloon, so they can walk it back if, like, you know, a Kevin Spacey thing happens, or <laughs> you know, <laughs> if uh, if any of their stars, you know, decide to throw a chair at a woman, or you know, other other things, like they can back out. <laughs> but I think they would only do that if their intention was these people are going to actually have a movie. Yeah, Th- that is my my guess. There, <laughs> there, there's also. One of the things that makes me so mad about the depiction of certain characters in this alternate reality is they definitely imply that a certain character with a very, very specific idea, uh, uh, power was around when people were fighting Thanos, mm-hmm. but couldn't defeat Thanos, but was used to build a statue i'll say it that way <laughs> um, we're gonna have to talk in spoilers i don't think i was paying enough attention to the movie <laughs> there, yeah there's just uh there there's a character with a big mouth <laughs> mm-hmm. who yeah. should have been able to defeat thanos on their own <laughs> based on what we are visually shown their abilities to be right mm-hmm. And it's it just like when you introduce a character like that for the joke of having a character like that, it just makes me think about, but what if the character was really there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, again, I truly hope I, I would love nothing more than for that whole scene to just be a fuck you from Sam Raimi. That would give me so much joy. Um but unfortunately, I believe it—it it is the whole contradiction of the movie in a nutshell. It, it is simultaneously a, like a fuck you that made me giggle, but then also made me think like, oh, but you also are really going to do it in the long arc of the Marvel Universe. Um, 
in the long arc of the Marvel universe, you can't win. Like it is always going to be the machine doing what it wants to do. And that just kind of bummed me out. Me too. Um, But in order for you to get fully bummed, we probably have to go to spoilers. (laughs) Should we get to verdicts for now, Steven? Yep. If you were going to give us a must see record of the caveat, wait for until pass the caveat or a must avoid, what would you give it? I think I mean, wait for rental land. Like I thought it was fine. You know, I was entertained and I, it is weird because I think when this is having fun, it is more funny than most Marvel movies. And yet the full package of, I am watching a Marvel movie that has to prop up a whole universe in this very boring fan servicey way. But also it is thumbing its nose at me. Like it, the combo just didn't work. Like it took bigger swings. It has higher variance than most Marvel movies, but I think like the whole sum of it just did not fit for what this what this machine is supposed to produce. So, yeah, it was. It's worth seeing. I wouldn't rush out to see it, and honestly, I didn't feel like it looked better in theaters than it would at home. Like it had that kind of like Marvel sheen that I feel like looked just fine on Disney Plus or anywhere else. So, yeah, watch it. But like. You probably don't need to for continuity reasons. I can't imagine you will, actually, because I don't think where you end in this movie is any different than where you begin. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, as as aggravated I am at this film in general, I'm still only going to knock it down to a wait for rental. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it, there are things that I liked, and we can start spoilers by talking about the things that I liked, just so that there's like some some like at least praise uh heaped at this film um but but yeah for me it it seems like a waste of spending the setup to get us where we were when they could have just this could have been the first multiverse film and things Mm -hmm. would have been fine though i guess if this was the first multiverse film dr strange would have known not to cast the spell (laughs) yeah (laughs) this time things will be different (laughs) i mean i i should have looked this up first like is there a chance this was originally planned to be the first one um no i mean it couldn't have right because wanda theoretically uh becomes the scarlet witch <laughs> in the post oh okay credits. so you're you're referencing wandavision i'm referencing spider-man yeah yeah um uh, it i mean yeah I, I still think that dr strange wouldn't have would have known better than to try to cast the spell in or i guess maybe not because then he wasn't actually doing anything with the universes he was just making people forget and technically it was peter that fucked up the spell so i yeah now the more that i think about it it doesn't make sense that a memory wiping spell (laughs) opens rip to other dimensions well because it is anyone anyone who has ever heard of him and anyone it's a little little trick (laughs) The spell doesn't know what context you're talking about. Anyone, anywhere, all at once. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good times. Well played. <laughs> and on that note, it is time for us to close out this episode and then travel off into spoilers, the alternate reality where we talk about everything that happened in this film. Um, for now, Stephen Miller, people who don't want spoilers want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. 
People can find me at ChristopherMillLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. The music for this episode will come from a track selected from Artist.io, so hopefully you are enjoying that right now. That music is going to fade up, and then eventually that music is going to fade out, and then when that happens, we will be back from our gallivanting in the multiverse, and we'll be back to talk about full-blown spoilers, so watch out. We are back. This is Spoiler Territory, part of our review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We are here to talk full-blown spoilers. Let's get started. Um, so, Steve and I said I would talk about things that I liked. First of all, the best moment of this film is, is a nice, subtle dig at the previous storylines before now, which was uh, Michael Stolberg showing up at the wedding and going like, was that really the only way we could have defeated Thanos? <laughs> was for you to give Elder the stone and cause the eventualities of all the films in between the beginning of that and now? That was a pretty good dig. That was rad. Well, yeah, and, and it also fits with what I think is the interesting dark thing that the movie is doing with Doctor Strange, which is like, you are a good guy in that you are a hero, but you are extremely reckless and you play fast and loose with people's lives and oh by the way there is a version of you that killed trillions of people um, <laughs> because of your recklessness like yeah. that is dark and if i have one complaint about that i like that dig as well my only real complaint about that theme in this movie is that spider-man also did the exact same thing with him and it makes me feel like he is just having the same storyline play out multiple times yeah which, which is makes more sense if this was supposed to come first which i really should know i bet it's common knowledge but i have no idea but, but that is quite literally the thesis of this film is in every verse <laughs> dr strange fucks with the multiverse and brings bad stuff to the people around him like where mm -hmm. people in his own realities go like brah we just you're gonna need to <laughs> take one for the team and just die so that we yeah. can not have you here because you are a problem my friend um <laughs> so it, it's yeah. not it's and it's interesting too because like the multiness of mad like it would be interesting if he did learn a lesson in this like that is the madness that comes from this multiverse is him realizing that like no he hasn't just fucked up a few times he is fucked up all over the place and like the the weight of him handing over the stone to Thanos because it's the only way to to survive was only ever heralded as as good as a good thing and the necessary thing to cause the end of of this whole reign of Thanos. But it really did mess up things for a lot of people. And most definitely, yeah. when people got snapped, other people who were not the snap people died. <laughs> because the snap person was a pilot or the person driving the car they were in or a bus driver or any number of things like there are so many things that that happened that were bad that i don't think got unsnapped unless the i don't know the rules of the, of the unsnapping um mm -hmm. <laughs> whether it just made Maybe. all the other people undead too <laughs> sam Raimi would have loved that yeah <laughs> How great would that be? A zombie mm -hmm. movie where it's literally the unsnapping 
And all the people yes. who See, died that great. weren't snapped are now zombies. Yeah. I would watch that. And that'd be a good standalone one because yeah. it's just going to be like, and it wouldn't be Marvel heroes fighting them. It'll just be like kids with chainsaws or something. Yeah. It'll, it'll just be like a side movie. And, and I will say that as a good segue into my second favorite part of this film, which is fucking this is zombie Doctor Strange, which is great. Like it is the moment, the moment the other characters are like, but wait, don't you have to have a living version of you in, in the other other reality? And he's like, who said anything about living? <laughs> yeah. And it calls it shot so early. Like, you yeah. know, I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew when dead <laughs> alternate Doctor Strange was like buried in that exact place and they took the time to show us exactly where he was going i was like he's coming back (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna watch him as a zombie i don't know why i don't know how i never would have thought dream casting but i'm gonna watch it happen what what is amazing though is he's like all right not only am i gonna warg in to the dead version of me from the other reality that arrived in my reality what before i left my reality not only am i gonna do that but doing so is breaking the rules, which means the souls of the damned are going to come after me. And then he fucking turns them into a cloak. And he yeah. has a cloak of all. Like, yep. when, not only was the cloak badass, not only was him being zombie badass, but then when Wanda fires those like weird red glowing things at him and the dead cloak eats it. I was like, this is mm-hmm. this, like, I've come around on this movie. <laughs> this movie's fucking great. Right, and that is like, I, I am not a comic book reader, but that feels very comic booky to me. It's like, hell yeah, and now we're in the land of death, you know, and this is the rules that are going to apply now is the damned are flying him and they eat fire. And I, I felt the same way. I was totally on board for it. And that was, again, the evil dead of this movie. That was it just going full on, like, wacky horror, but silly horror, but also violent horror. You know, there's like there's mutilation and his face is all fucked up and like yeah i i really enjoyed that part too i was laughing pretty much the whole scene but it is funny to have a marvel movie where your instinct in an action sequence is to laugh the whole time um (laughs) i feel like that isn't really what marvel normally does marvel takes itself very seriously um it'll have quips you know it'll have little like joss whedonisms where a character goes like wow that just happened or whatever but it, it is rare that the set piece itself is the joke and they, i did enjoy watching a thing where the set piece itself was like very funny also yeah and then like when when wong comes back up off the cliff and he's the guy who always says dr strange don't do the thing that is against all that is right and good don't mm-hmm. do the bad thing but then when he sees him he's like hell yeah yeah <laughs> that was just like the little bow on the top of it it was pretty great yep <laughs> yeah i i definitely enjoyed that and that was just one of the examples where i was like glad that the movie was marching to the beat of its own drum um in general can we can we jump to the part that i liked and then we'll jump back 10 minutes to part that i very much didn't like um part that i liked is uh wanda's coming you know she's warged into nice wanda who i guess is also still magical but not as magical or she doesn't do heroic things with it she just like has powers um well yeah she doesn't know what the fuck other wanda wants so she's not on the defensive yet (laughs) right yeah she has no idea um but anyway wanda scarlet witch 
is coming to the Illuminati place um, in a very, very um, everything ever all at once villain moment of like just like walking in and knowing that like you have total control and nothing can hurt you. Um, she walks in. We watch all of our fan casted heroes. You know, we have John Krasinski as uh, Mr. Fantastic, Captain Fantastic. Is that the Vigo movie? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Reed Richards. We we have, um, you know, uh, Patrick Stewart is back as Xavier. Um, you know, we we've got like alternate Captain Marvel, where the the other woman who is probably a comic book character, but I don't know her name because I don't remember the Captain Marvel movie that well. She becomes Captain Marvel instead. You know, like we have all these heroes there, and they are like the badass destroyers. They're they're the ones that are going to save the day, and one by one, they are just like mercilessly destroyed, and not destroyed in a like wow, we had an intense battle, but I finally am falling over and my loved ones are going to watch me. No, they just are like, like their head explodes or they turn yeah. into confetti. You know, it, it is totally like everything ever all at once where uh, uh, I don't, I don't remember the name of her, her fake character, <laughs> Jojo Dubaki, <laughs> um, where, where she just like, walks in and it's just like boom now you're confetti now you're this oh your mouth is sealed so now your superpower that destroys anything in your way is just going to like destroy you from the inside yeah um i had a lot of fun with that and i had a lot of fun with how long the joke was able to extend i feel like it plays it for a good like five ten minutes even yeah. though we know everyone is going to die um yeah i liked it what, what i didn't like about it is how comedically all of them died right like i i would rather have wanda actually seem really uh efficient at killing mm. and not just like you die you die <laughs> you die like it felt it felt it it just like reed richards doesn't even get a punch in right he doesn't even swing at her yet it's just immediate and immediate spaghettification um right the okay so here's the thing about the what, what was the whisper guy called it's like black bolt or something like that or so. <sighs> yeah it's um yeah i think it's black bolt well so so that character says like goodbye dr strange and just basically dusts him the way thanos did with the snap right right but his lips are strong enough to stop the whispers and keep it inside his head cavity. <laughs> like, I just, like, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if your mouth is strong enough, if your vocal cords are strong enough to produce that, I guess I buy that your lips are strong enough to block it. <laughs> I, don't, it just, I don't know the rules. It just seems like there is a, there's a similar death that becomes a character in another franchise. And I will try not to spoil the franchise, but the difference is that the thing the explosion was captured in was metal and mm -hmm. the explosion was just admitted by the person's head. So when it was enclosed in metal, as they tried to explode it, they exploded their head inside the metal con contraption, yeah. right? That makes sense, right? Something stronger than a head <laughs> keeps the, the concussion inside it and that causes the death, not skin mm -hmm. Which we've seen the entire body can be evaporated by the sounds. Right. Like, but in this case, 
his skin is super like maybe 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 that is part of the character right like he can go ah in his own hand and nothing happens um but it seems like if if your body is protected from the sounds you admit that even your internals would be protected it wouldn't just be your outer skin but i I don't know Mm -hmm. seems strange to me See, I mean, it is, but that is what I liked. Like, I liked that it was... And again, I have no loyalty to these characters. Honestly, when I saw them introduced, other than um, Mr. Fantastic and Dr. Xavier, I thought these were made-up characters where the joke was they were, like, you know, Bizarro, Jerry, and Kramer. Like, they were, like, Bizarro versions of the Avengers. You know, like, I'm kind of Iron Man-ish, but I'm a woman. And, like, I'm kind of, like, a you know, Captain Marvel, but I'm a different person playing her. And I'm, I'm the one who has a, like, I thought they were all going to be like equivalents to the Avengers in some way. Yeah. Um, but when I realized that they are all, they are known quantities as was clear when Black Bolt like whispered and we saw, you know, the crazy stuff. Yeah. Then I just like reveled in how silly their death was because it felt like a total fuck you to like all the fans <laughs> of the audience who were like looking forward to watching them and do cool stuff. <laughs> to to I, all I the people who clapped and hollered when when exactly, John Krasinski because, showed up. Yeah, but well, because now we are in the part I really didn't like. I hated that scene where they're all introduced. It felt like it went on forever. It was just like pausing for clap lines, and it's just like. They're standing in the most boring room, just being like, and I'm here as well. <laughs> Did somebody say Xavier? Like, it, it, it just felt like the worst of Marvel impulses of just like, we're going to give them what they want. It felt like they, I know they can't have really taken Spider-Man that into account when doing this. Like, I don't know how much post-production they did later, um, but it felt like they learned the wrong lesson from how well Spider-Man did. And they were just like, Oh, these pigs are going to do anything. Like as long as we give them any kind of reveal, they're going to eat it up. Let's just have like eight back to back. Um, And that did nothing for me, which is why when then Sam Raimi decided to have them all die in very unceremonious, dumb ways, I was, I was happy. I, I felt like he, the, the audience that clapped fell for the trick. And I felt like he was on my side all along. Yeah. But apparently fans have been trying to get John Krasinski and Emily Blunt to be like, you know, Fantastic Four forever. So, yeah. Now, now, now at least partially, it seems like it could be a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it will be. I, w- I would love uh, if we could have combined, um, if we could have combined more of the recent films that we've watched and actually loved. And if, like, one of the people, just for no reason, was Nick Cage from the National Treasure films, but he was part mm-hmm. of the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that could be cool. Like, he doesn't have any abilities. He's just good at solving puzzles. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so let's, let's talk about uh, the books in this film um, and mm-hmm. the MacGuffin that they are and how silly... Like, so... We have the, the the dark book of darkness, whatever whatever that book was called, and basically it has all the scary spells, and it's the corrupting ability of the book that that turns Wanda basically into the Scarlet Witch or unlocks her Scarlet Witchness to being a thing, and that book gets destroyed, and then Wong <laughs> goes like, "Hey, uh, just so you know, that book wasn't." 
the only one there was a copy but actually the copy was this whole building where the original spells were were put right conversely there is this good book <laughs> not, not the bible mm-hmm. but there is this book of good um that i forget the name of as well where the description is literally it gives uh, it gives a sorcerer whatever they need to defeat whatever their obstacle is um which yeah. is like it's so basically it's a cheat code but then the book yeah. immediately gets destroyed. The second they touch it, immediately it's gone. W- was just Wong not around to go like, hey, that book was also a copy. <laughs> There's another place we can go to get those spells. Um, I mean, he wasn't around. <laughs> also, if you... he had just Yeah, he had seen... At that point in time, he had seen the other book get destroyed by the dagger, right? Mm-hmm. You think the second he grabbed that book, he would go, and now the book is impenetrable. <laughs> you know, like, like use that it gives you whatever you need to protect the book that gives you whatever you need, right? Mm. I, it just seems... Like, he didn't... Uh, Doctor Strange didn't see the book get destroyed, right? I, I think he was already being hunted. He was already in the multiverse at that point when... Oh... Um, Rachel McAdams I, I think, is the one that saw. Yeah, the because book I think the Scarlet Witch was already like dreamwalking or whatever. Um, he was zombie at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was gonna say that. Okay, that's the other thing. Uh, the woman who shows up <laughs> to stab the book seemingly sacrifices herself to kill that book, but the book, bo- mm-hmm. the good book, just gets one shot from Wanda, <laughs> and it immediately right. disintegrates. Uh, I mean, Wanda's powerful. You know, we we know that already. Yeah, it, it it just seemed like like the other book required a sacrifice to destroy it. I'm I'm more just one thing I kind of didn't understand or didn't follow. First of all, everything I know about Sorcerer Supreme and that, that's the sorcerer that comes with sour cream, right? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, I prefer the um, the sorcerer Colorado. I like the little bit of the salsa on top too, <laughs> <laughs> but. Anyway, everything we know about them and their kind of oath or whatever, almost to a fault, is that they would sacrifice for the greater good of the world. Um, when, you know, that student basically sacrifices herself to destroy the book, and then Wong just immediately gives up where the other, like, book is and everything... I just don't buy that he would do that. Like, and, and it seemed like she was torturing people that I thought were already dead. Like, did she resurrect them or did they not die during her siege of the... Like, who is dead and who isn't dead? Apparently, they didn't die all the way. <laughs> it, it, it's basically the uh, the Harry Potter spell you're not supposed to do. She was doing the Vaticadabra or whatever. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. was, she was doing that to everyone he knew. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, all right, enough of this. I give it up yeah yeah he he just he gave up way too easily i felt like he would you know wait longer yeah or never give it up because that's that's what you do when you're sorcerer supreme maybe he learned from <laughs> dr strange that maybe in the end when you can't beat the villain you give up something to the villain because that's the only mm-hmm. eventuality in which you can uh stop them yeah i i guess so it seemed like he could have stopped them just by not saying anything though <laughs> yeah like she would have no longer had the power to dream dream walk or whatever yeah anyway oh speaking of wanda 
so I didn't watch WandaVision. I feel like this movie does her dirty. And what I mean by that is I think her motivations don't make sense. They're very extreme and very hysteric in this evil way of I need to see my children again. I will do anything to do it. How quickly she goes to I'm going to murder many innocent people and I'm going to revel in murdering them. Um, I I just don't buy it. And I feel like the moment when it is her talking to Dr. Strange at the beginning saying, give up the girl. This is what I want. I bought it then where it is like, okay, you are on the cusp of going bad. You are like Magneto, you know, in the prequel movies or something. You, you still have this rapport with Dr. Strange. Like you understand each other, but you are starting to go down a dark path. Um, when she shows up later that night, and as far as I can tell, just decimates tons and tons of people to get um, America. I, I, I don't know. I just didn't buy it. And then the rest of the movie, she's just a full-on horror monster that is chasing them. And it feels like nothing you do can redeem that character. And it kind of feels like it retroactively tarnishes her character, which... Well, I guess I'm fine with because I don't care that much about the series or about her character in it. But it it just feels like they really did in a world where this is canon and this is, you know, episode 30 of a movie series. It just feels very odd the way they handled her. So, so what's weird is that is not not that is not not in line with her character earlier in the series. Right. The, the, the show itself, mm-hmm. because. What she did then is literally take over this entire town and like enslave the minds of all the people there and create her own fictional reality where she was all those people were trapped there acting out her fantasy so that she could have these kids with her. She learns the lesson by the end of that show and she's theoretically better. But then she also has the corrupter book, which she decides to start reading. And it's like she had already gone through this arc where she was definitely that person, whether on purpose or accident. And then she learns to not be bad and release people. But then the book corrupts her. So I think by that time, she's literally, she's already removed herself from society and all she wants is kids. But but that just goes back to my, my opening joke question for this episode, which is like, she could have her, she, she could have her cake and eat it too, right? She can just dream walk in any reality if if her kids are misbehaving one day, just go to a different reality where they're not misbehaving. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like she can have anything that she wants. Um, and yeah, it, it it just seems strange that yeah, I, I I just don't I just I don't get it. Also, in the show, she created those kids out of thin air, mm-hmm. and she lost them when she left the reality in which she created. But you're saying that in all the other reality is she just gave birth to them naturally (laughs) well no because i believe the movie addresses that because everything you dream you dream it because it is real in another universe in another part of the multiverse and i think when she created those kids it was based on her dream dreams that convinced her that they existed gotcha um on a related note you reminded me of the other thing that i actually genuinely really really liked um Mm -hmm. so We've, stat- we've talked about how America Chavez's power is that she can punch her way into alternate universes. But the yeah. idea that there is no her 
in the other universes because her ability is to move between them she is Mm -hmm. she is the only version of herself because she is all the realities in one and that's why she can jump between them that was a really cool concept obviously it it takes like it spends 30 seconds on that idea where she just says i know because i don't dream um but i like that i like that as a concept for the series that like Everyone else exists in all the realities. She, for her, the other the other realities exist, but she is not part of them. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I like that too. I do wonder what they're going to do with her. I assume she is also a known quantity in comic lore, though I probably have never heard of her before. Um, also, does that mean her her parents uh, never dreamt of her when they were? <laughs> before they got disappeared because they uh, they were the only reality in which they had kid or they had a kid right yeah i guess so that's an interesting uh wrinkle yeah. yeah we'll see i think we'll see them again so we'll we'll have a chance in some other future movie yeah <laughs> anything else steven uh i do think the kind of unbelievability of wanda's heel turn is really hammered home by the fact that in a set piece I mostly liked or a twist where America basically reveals to her, like, this is what your kids think of what you're doing right now. Like, in general, I thought that was fine. You know, thought thought it was a clever thing to do. It makes sense for this kind of movie. Um, Watching Wanda have the revelation that, like, oh, me brutally murdering people will not make me beloved to my children. Um, <laughs> me beating the shit out of is, my children's mom is not going to make them exactly, want to hug me. Like, it, it is such an obvious thing that I don't care what that book does to you. It just, like, it hammers home how unbelievable her villainous nature was to begin with that like this is what convinces you is seeing you being a literal monster and realizing your kids don't like it um like again i get it in the script you know little golf clap like clever clever thing to do but to me it just cemented the feeling that like they turned wanda into someone who is completely unbelievable and stupid and all she could do is die after that because you can't have this person existing anymore because they are you know a mass murderer and clearly psychotic and evil. Yeah. And the only way to solve that is to immediately kill the person. So they go out in a place of glory, Anakin Skywalker style. All right, Thanos. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, but I will say, if you are aware that you're being corrupted by the book of corruption and you have realized you are a monster, would you not collapse the book tower and try to get away from it and then see if you can get back to just living on your orchard that you uh, manifested for yourself i i think you just wouldn't you know that narratively you being alive is an ethical dilemma that marvel doesn't want to deal with so for the good of the franchise you you take yourself out of the equation <laughs> yeah I, I mean i guess if i guess if Doctor Strange has to kill himself because he just can't resist fucking with the multiverse. <laughs> I guess she should really kill herself because, yeah. because she is all powerful. Yep. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, I I think the more you dissect this film, the more it falls apart. Like the tower that uh, mm. she dissected. <laughs> yeah, like John Krasinski's limbs. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, there's nothing else I think that's going to do it for this review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, yeah, I, I just I just got this new book in from Amazon. I'm going to go give it a read. <laughs> Just don't be careful what you dream afterwards. Yeah. If you see me in any dream, leave me alone. <laughs> Good times. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.